G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Paul said to the Colossians that man-made rules are totally useless for the Christian life. He said these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. In fact, writing to the Galatians, who were also being troubled by legalists, he said that legalism is worse than useless. It's harmful because it nullifies or sets aside the grace of God. He goes on to say that the one who seeks to relate to God by the law has fallen from grace. And this doesn't mean that they have lost their salvation, but that they are no longer experiencing God's grace working in them and through them. They have returned to the resources of the flesh. This verse in the King James Version says that Christ is of no effect to the one who lives by law. Dear friend, Christ is made of no effect to you in any area of your life, your Christian walk, your marriage, your ministry, etc., where you attempt to live by rules and regulations. You've cancelled out the grace of God in that aspect of your life. Let's heed Paul's advice to these Christians and stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thank you for joining us. I hope you can stay with us for the next 10 minutes as we look at putting the amazing back into grace. In the last couple of days, we've been looking at some of the misconceptions that are often associated with grace. Now, Ken, what other myths are out there? Well, we'll look at a couple today. Um, The first myth I want to talk about goes something like this. This grace thing is okay, but if you want God to bless your ministry, there's still a price to pay. Now, there's hundreds of men and women in Australia today who used to be pastors but are now no longer in ministry. In fact, many of them are not even in fellowship. Some are even angry and bitter with God. And the reason is that they believe that lie. They paid a great price. Some of them lost their health, their kids and their marriages, thinking that this was the price they had to pay to have a fruitful ministry. Mm. But God didn't keep his end of the bargain. They didn't get a blessed ministry in exchange for the price they paid. And now they don't want anything more to do with the ministry, church, and in some cases, even God. It's not so much that God didn't keep his end of the bargain. They had a wrong perception. Yeah, God doesn't do deals. He never asked us to make a payment of any kind in exchange for a blessed ministry. The New Covenant teaches that when Jesus rose from the dead, he gave gifts to men, uh, you know, gifts to minister for him. Uh, not something we had to pay for, they're gifts. Yeah. And all he asks for us is that we're just faithful in the use of those gifts and leave the fruit to him, the results to him. He's responsible for that department. So we don't need to burn ourselves out or sacrifice our families on the order in order to be fruitful. We're branches that abide in the vine. As long as we abide in the the vine, we will bear fruit. Mm. Now, this idea of paying a price isn't confined just to people in ministry, though, is it? Because, you know, we hear people taking this way concerning finances, for example, even fasting or prayer can be looked upon as kind of a payment to God for his blessings. 
Yeah, in fact, um, you know, today you you often hear that if you if you give, God will give to you. It's like almost a deal that we do. You sow a seed and you get financial return. That's that's the kind of contract that people are offered. Um, but that's really taking verses out of context. Now, Paul says this: you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and and let me say this, Phil, that he he said this in two Corinthians chapters eight and nine, which is all about finances. He says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he were rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. So the question is, are we blessed because we gave to God or are we blessed financially because Jesus gave everything to God? Mm -hmm. He became poor so that we might be enriched in all things. You know, um, there's that other verse that says, my God shall supply all your needs according to what? Our seed sowing? No, it was his riches, riches in, in, glory in glory in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So it's because of what, this, this is the grace of God. It's, Jesus has paid for everything. Everything that God wants to do in our lives has already been paid for. The, the concept of sowing and reaping is very much a biblical one. What, what about where uh, Jesus said, you know, give and it will be given unto you? Yeah, now let's take that in context. Um, that's not talking about um, his ability to meet our needs. In fact, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness Okay, that's the righteousness of God in Christ. And all these things will be added to you. Now, what, what things was he talking about there? He was talking about those that were worried about their food and their clothing and so on. The basic necessities of life. When we're his, because of the righteousness of God, all these things are added unto us. You know, uh, He gave us these things freely. He gives us everything freely. Now, getting back to that verse that you just quoted, given it shall be given unto you, that's in the context of stewardship. If God entrusts things to me as, as a steward and I'm faithful in the exercise of those few things that God has entrusted to me, then he will give me greater things. That's yeah. the principle yeah. of the word of God, to administer on his behalf. Okay, well, what about people who might say, if Jesus has done it all, then why should I do anything? You know, if it's all by grace, then there's no need for me to serve, no need to give, pray, lead a godly life, any of that. Yeah, in other words, grace demotivates us. There's no incentive, there's no incentive under incentive, grace. Yeah. Um, now, it may seem that that's the case, that... Grace demotivates us, as you say. But is it, or is it just another a myth? Now, when, when people suggest that to me, I say, well, who preached more about grace than anyone else? Which apostle? Paul. The answer is Paul, of course. He's, he's known as the apostle of grace. Yeah. Um, but then the next question is, well, which apostle did more than the others? Which one planted more churches, wrote more epistles than all the others? Probably Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, tick again. Yeah. Um, and what did he say? He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, he says, but the grace of God that was with me. In other words, grace didn't make him slack. It actually lifted him to a level of service that he could never rise to by his own fleshly ability. Mm. Okay, right, let's get personal here for a minute. What, uh, what about you? Has living under the grace of God made you lazy? Certainly not. <laughs> well, my wife would say certainly not. <laughs> She'd probably call me a work addict or something. Workaholic, like yeah. Workaholic, I don't know. But uh, the fact is that, I mean, I, I work hard. I, I've written many books. I've traveled to many countries preaching the gospel. I pastor a church, and I've been doing this for almost 40 years now. You know, it doesn't make me slack. But I'm not driven like I used to be before I understood the grace of God. I, I'm doing these things out of the rest that we find in the finished work of Jesus. Mm. But it certainly hasn't made me slack. Well, why do some people say then that grace is a demotivator? 
Well, that's a good question. And I think that for some people it has proven to be that. And I'll explain that by giving you an example. I, I know of one church where the pastor discovered, you know, the revelation of grace and what it's all about. And he said, I'm going to preach nothing but grace from here on out. And uh, he started preaching about grace, and it's a fairly large church. The offerings went down from 12000 a week to about 7000 mm. So he did a mighty backflip. He said, grace doesn't work. Now, the fact of the matter is that um, what was happening there is that it wasn't that grace was demotivating his people. They had a wrong motivation up until that point. And, and grace took that away from them. It actually revealed their motivation. Yeah, they were only doing it because they've been told every week, if you give, you'll get. If you give, you'll get. So they, they kept giving you know, because they wanted to get more for themselves. Now, when he started teaching about grace, that God has given us everything in Christ freely, then they said, well, why should we give? <laughs> yeah. In other words, it exposed their hearts that they were only giving to get. And, and God doesn't want us to do things you know, for, from this sort of mercenary basis, if you like. He wants us to do things out of a heart of love. That's the only thing that he's ever required of us is that we do things uh, in response to his wonderful love to us. Mm. Well, just as we close, Ken, um, maybe we could give a definition of grace and legalism. Yeah. Might be a good thing to do. Okay, well, legalism is the belief that my works are the basis for God's acceptance and blessing. Now, let's answer that straight away and say, you know, we're not saying that works are wrong, but we're addressing why are we doing these things. It's the motivation. The motivation. Whereas grace is the belief that I'm always accepted and I'm qualified for every blessing because of the finished work of Jesus. So in legalism, the focus is always going to be on me. Mm-hmm. Am I doing enough? Am I doing the right things? And so on. But when I'm living by grace, my focus is on the finished work of Jesus and uh, living by the riches of his grace, knowing that he's already fully paid for all things. So as I say, one of the things that we have in our ministry is that everything that God wants to do in your life has already been paid for through the finished work of Jesus. There's nothing we can do to add to that. That's the grace of God. We're putting the amazing back into grace this week on Set Free. Join us tomorrow as we continue the conversation. And until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book Grace Roots, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.